and welcome to the Safety Dude Podcast. So in the past, I've been really bad about publishing these. So I'm going to try to get better because one thing about me that I really love is radio. I actually started uh, years and years ago, in high school actually, working for a local AM radio station. Uh, really loved it. We were actually still running things on real to real and vinyl because some of the music we played was some of the middle of the road kind of oldies format. And ever since then, I've really had a love for radio. I did it through college at uh, uh, different stations, went back to AM, did news, weather, sports, did a lot of things that way. And podcasting has always been something I've been really interested in, uh, just from the standpoint of the idea of the spoken word. And the presentation of it just vocally and the stories that you can tell and the ways that you can convey that message. Uh, So from a long time ago, I've loved radio and the spoken word. And so I'm hoping to get better about doing this so that I can share and hopefully entertain and even gain people to ask questions and, and reach out and build that network of safety people who are talking about real issues that are going on in the workplace without being worried, without being scared, and real talk about the real-life attitudes of safety people and how we engage our hazards, how we treat our people, big background and behavior. I love looking at behaviors and how we engage our workforce through safety. So hopefully we'll get on a better process of of doing more with this podcast and to have more out there. Certainly if there's topics you want to hear, if there's ideas or discussions, I'm open. I would love to hear them. So feel free to reach out to me. Feel free to contact me. I would uh, really love to, to chat more about safety and our people and how we engage them. So something really interesting that I've come across recently is I'm doing a, a doctoral research project. And, and this topic has nothing to do with what I was researching. It was just something that I came across as part of what I was doing. So I'm working on a qualitative analysis. So I've been reaching out and I've interviewed uh quite a few safety people and just asked them some open-end questions. Uh, I won't name names. I won't name organizations. But some of the responses that I got that were outside of what I was looking for were extremely interesting. And one of the things I struggle with as a safety person every day is the resources we have to do our job the right way. And what I mean by that is, especially with training. So... One of my personal pet peeves is when someone says, well, safety's just common sense. People don't have good common sense anymore, so therefore they don't perform safely, and they just can't fix that. And another one of my pet peeves that I absolutely hate is you can't fix stupid. Because the truth is, our workforce every day comes to work, and they don't want to get hurt, the majority they don't want to come in and, and leave with an injury. And so to think that they did it on purpose or they just chose not to is a tough one to follow because that's not necessarily true. And for me, safety training has always been that big engager. It's that one time you can get in front of people, talk to them about what matters, and try to make that message something that really touches them in a way that they understand it 
and that they can use it. And one of the big topics that I ended up coming across was safety professionals talking about their resources and what resources they have to train. And if you think about it, someone brand new to the workforce, someone who has never had to work in a manufacturing environment, warehouse environment, fast food environment, take your pick, how do they know what to do to not get hurt? I mean, honestly, I've never worked around uh, industrial deep fryers, for instance, of a fast food restaurant. I, I did radio through high school. So would I really understand how not to get hurt? Certainly, I don't, don't touch hot metal. Mm, that's something I've learned over time, but through mistakes. Don't stick your hand in the hot oil. Makes sense. That's also something I've learned over time through cooking and grease splatter. But what are the real rules? What are the real things you do? And that's not common sense. I remember talking to uh, a friend of mine in industry, and he was talking about the first time he took his kids hunting. And for him, when he climbed up into the deer stand and he got high up in the tree, he knew he had to tie off. He had to connect that harness to something so that if he slipped, he fell, he, he didn't fall out of his deer stand. And for him, it was second nature. He'd grown up, his dad had taught him to hunt. Uh, he knew the safety rules. But the first time he took his kids, he had to teach them that once you were high up in the air, you always double check your harness. You always connect. Why? So you don't fall. And certainly that makes sense. I need to hold on to something so I don't fall. But let's imagine the first time you're going out with your dad and you're doing something new and you're doing something exciting and it's early in the morning and you're climbing up in a tree, maybe the first thought you would have is how do I prevent myself from falling? But I think a lot of it is you're taking in the experience. You're taking in everything around you and there's so much input, so much stimulus that you might forget something that's very, seems like common sense. You don't want to fall out of a tree. But he remembered really educating them on the first thing you do. Certainly, they'd already had gun safety courses, so beyond that. But the first thing you do is you, you connect yourself to the tree. And you make sure you don't fall out. So let's go to the workforce. Every workforce, every workplace I've been in, and I've, I've been across various industries... The first time you walk into a facility, it's overwhelming because the equipment is new, the people are new, the processes are new, your insurance is new, your pay is new, all the procedures are new to you. Yeah, there's some common sense things that, or safety training ideas that shift across all industries. So once you've been in one industry, hopefully... You've learned a few things like how to handle chemicals or that there should be specific chemical hazard training for what you're going to be working with. Or maybe fall protection. If you've been in the construction industry, hopefully you've been taught about how do you protect yourself? How do you put up engineering controls? How do you tie off appropriately? But let's imagine that you're in a new industry and the equipment is new and the processes may be the same, but everything else about it is so overwhelming because it's your first time. So here is where safety training comes into something that is so integral to making sure that you set the right tone for the people who are coming in that says, we think your safety is the most important and we're going to invest in your safety up front. We're going to take time, we're going to talk you through the hazards, and in some cases we're going to walk you through the hazards, and then we're going to hand you off to a mentor and let them 
also teach and train and guide you through the things you need to know. So I say all of that to kind of get back to my original point. So I'm talking to these safety professionals, and one of the questions that I directly ask is, do you feel supported in, in your safety training endeavors? Do you feel like that you get the support you need to do safety training? And immediately, all of them would go, yeah, sure. Of course I do. And then I wouldn't leave it with just a yes or no. I, I would ask, well, how do you feel supported? What happens that makes you feel supported? And then once they started diving deeper, there was a lot more to it than just a resounding yes. We all want to believe that our companies are out for the best interest of our employees. That's what we're there for. We're advocates for safety. We want our team to be safe. We take pride in it. I mean, how many safety professionals talk about in interviews and when they're talking to other safety people of, of how many man hours they've had that are safe or how few injuries they've had or how they've turned around injuries? We pride ourselves in being able to help people live better lives through not getting hurt at work. That That's what we do every single day. But it was interesting that when I started diving deeper and when I started talking to them, and certainly their experience was the same as some that I've seen, and when I've needed to do training, I've been able to do it, mainly because the law says so. The law says that I will train you on these topics but every time they encountered it, it seemed like a very same story. I've got to justify the man hours. I've got to prove that spending one hour on lockout tagout or or hazard communication training is worth it and that I have to do it and that it'll pay off later. And that's quite an interesting fault in our system as a whole that we try to quantify that this training is going to gain us something in that way. Our training should be to engage our team. Our training should be to bring them up to the best that they can be and to get their minds thinking about hazards that are out there and how they work with them and how they correct them. And if we're not doing those things, then really the training time is more of just, hey, we want to get past our legal process and we've passed the OSHA sniff test and now let's move on. Not really what most safety people are looking for. So they would talk about how they have to go and, and get financial approval, how they have to justify every hour of training, how they have to plan it around the way production runs, that maybe the time they wanted to do the training is not the best time. And, and some even talked about how they would plan it two weeks in advance. They would put it on a calendar. They'd send out emails. They'd let everybody know that this training is going to happen. And the hour before the training happens, suddenly there's, oh, something more important. There's this thing that we knew was coming up, but we didn't tell you about it. And we're so sorry, but can you reschedule that safety training? What does that tell our team when we can plan for something that is so important? That What's number one? Ask anybody in a company, what, what's your number one goal? Safety. Safety is our number one goal. Well, if safety is number one, how can you tell me that I've planned this training for two weeks and now suddenly there's can't do it anymore? There's no people available or, or the time isn't available or the funding or we're going to bump it because we can't afford the man hours. It, w it was interesting to see how we could try it. And, and a, lot of, a lot of people agreed that the annual training that most companies have to do because it's easier to set everyone in a room once a year 
with a PowerPoint and cover the whole OSHA gamut. You walk through lockout, you walk through fall protection, you walk through HASCOM, you walk through all of these topics, and then you turn around and uh, you just plan for next year to do it again. Is it really engaging? Does it improve our workforce? Does it give them the feeling that safety is most important? Maybe. Uh, some people enjoy that process, uh, no doubt. Uh, Lecture-based training is very prominent, and sometimes it's very well-liked with, with people. But a lot of safety people talked about the idea of wanting to get in front of people more frequently, break up the topics, talk about it more in depth, maybe even tailor walk-arounds or, or guided walks or audits around the topic of that week or that month. And it was time and effort and money that would get in the way of that. Now, that was not the intent of my, my project, by no means, to look at how do people feel good about safety training, but that was an interesting phenomenon that really spoke to me in particular because throughout my career, one of the big things that I've felt is necessary in, in any functioning safety program and safety system is good training. You can hold people accountable unless you've given them the right training, education, and tools to perform to the expectation that you want. And so I always enjoy training because you get to see people's faces. And, and this was a common topic also that most safety trainers that, that I talked to enjoyed it because they were able to, one, get an idea if there were questions that, that they hadn't thought about. Is there something going on out there in the facility right now today that needs to be addressed, that, that we haven't talked about, that we, we have questions about, that we can fix today? And then there were those times that, that they wanted to read the feedback, see the eye contact, look at the body posture when they talk about safety, and, and get that informal feedback of how people feel about their safety programs. And, and this was something I, I've always loved. Uh, whether Whatever industry I've been in, I've enjoyed doing that to see people and interact with people because I think that's important. And from a very personal reason also, because we're giving people knowledge that this isn't knowledge of making a great product, uh, which is important because every customer wants a good product. We're, we're not teaching people about how to be faster and produce quicker so we can reduce overhead. We're, we're actually talking to people about something that could change their lives in a split second. That if they're not following the rules, if they're not taking a moment and really focusing on following our policies, using the tools we're given, keeping the engineering controls in place, that in a split second, they could be hurt. And an injury can heal sometimes, but then there's those that, what if it's worse? Every year, every day, you, you can read the news and see where injuries have occurred or even occupational fatalities. And that's, to me, a horrible I think because why do we do what we do every day and still let people get hurt and let things happen? Not to say it can't happen because even some of the best programs in the world, there's still behaviors that come into it. And 
that's a more complex. It's that's a whole different podcast, uh, for sure, to talk about behaviors and the choice of the individual and and the philosophy and the practices and the behaviors behind it. But it all, to me, has always started with a good training program. That if we give them the foundation of knowledge, if we give them the foundation of the tools and where to find the policies and where to go for help, and we encourage it. At least we have done our due diligence. At least we can put our heads on our pillows at night and sleep well knowing that we gave it our all. And a lot of very, this message was resounding through a lot of safety professionals that if you remember the OSHA lingo I teach you, that's great. But what I want you to do more than anything else is evaluate the hazards and use the tools that we have at our facility, use the policies to make sure that you don't get hurt, to make sure that you go home just fine. And that was a, that was an amazing process to really talk to a lot of safety people and hear that message from them. And, and when we talk about safety training and to realize that we're having to really go out there and spend a lot of time justifying our resources and going out there and justifying a lot of time and money to spend on training when training is that one bit of engagement that can you really do enough of it? I'm not. I'm not sure that I've ever. I would love to meet someone or talk to some organizations that, that, that they train so much and have so much training that that people are saying, "No, uh, no more training for me. I'm out. No more." But more than likely, there's still that opportunity to teach something new, to engage people, to bring them in, and 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 let them do that. So just a quick reminder, the, the Safety Dude podcast is brought to you exclusively by TSD Amalgamated, your friend in the safety industry. Do you need someone to come in and talk to your leadership? Let them know that, uh, let them know about engagement techniques and how to talk to their people and how to engage them. How to use safety to really engage teamwork? TSD Amalgamated can help you with that. Do you need someone to help tailor a training course? for your team or for your employees. Again, TSD Amalgamated can help you through that daunting process of understanding OSHA regulations and creating engaging training that will help your team better work together and find fulfillment. And that is the ultimate goal of training. And that sponsor of the Safety Dude podcast, TSD Amalgamated, is there to help always ready, always willing. It's your partner in creating a more engaging workforce. So back on the topic of safety training and are there enough resources out there for people to utilize? So one of the other topics that came up during that utilization of talking about safety training is the idea of how much effort, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but how much effort is really spent in trying to get people to, to take the training seriously and to come to it. Uh, step one is getting people to show up every day. Uh, it's amazing that if you can get someone to show up and, and, and actually be present, you can do a lot with that. But when they don't show up at all, or when they have to reschedule, or when the time isn't there, or when you can't even get the resources to do it, that's difficult. And you have to find ways around that. And that's what some of the, even though they were saying that, yeah, they felt supported in their safety training, they also brought up a lot of opportunities they felt were there and how they get that support to schedule it. 
And I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for safety professionals to kind of network more about the ideas of how do we how do we get our management team that that they have a production background or they've never had to engage OSHA training before. And how do we make it important? How do we make organizations that aren't doing safety training? How do we get them on board to actually think that that's important? Because too many times in the news, you read where lack of training was a big problem at large sites that shouldn't be. They should be doing better than that. Uh, it's, training is the basis of how we engage our people and how we do that. And I think one of the, the neat stories that had come up about doing safety training is one of the participants really loved the idea if he was in construction and he loved going to other construction sites that weren't his people and, and kind of snapping some pictures of where they weren't doing the right things or you could tell they weren't trained as well as his team was. And he would bring those back and say, guys, this is why we do the training. Because one, these guys look silly not doing what they should be doing right. But then he he wanted to point out that, guys, it's also what gets you home every night. It's what makes sure that you're going home the way you came in, a little bit more tired, a little bit richer, but able to go home and enjoy that with whomever you choose to, whether it be your friends, whether it be your family, whether it be just going home and, and relaxing by yourself. It gives you the ability to do that. And that's what this safety training is for, and that's why we do it every day. Or toolbox talks every morning and like larger scale safety training later on. But that's why we, we focus on this. This is why we talk about it. And it's important that organizations see that, that once a year talking about safety, and that's the only time your, your employees hear you talk about safety is that one time a year during that annual training. It's not meaningful. It doesn't matter because they're hearing about quality. They're hearing about productivity. They're hearing about cost. They're hearing about inventory turns. I can guarantee they're hearing that daily, if not hourly, if not even more than that. So how much are they hearing safety? How many times are we talking about safety in a way that actually matters to them? That, that is a real life, real opportunity to engage them in something more than just a basic be safe today, don't block an exit, don't trip over items. What message are we conveying? Once a year doesn't send it. Once a year is not, it's a great way to stay OSHA compliant. It, it does matter that way, but what are we doing every other day? What are we teaching every other day? So after that person comes in for their initial hire, they're overwhelmed new processes, new people, new machinery to work on. They come in, they get their welcome to this organization safety training, spend about an hour talking about what you're going to see, the hazards you're going to engage, and here's how we expect you to be safe. And by the way, if you're not safe, you're, you're going to be in trouble because if we catch you not being safe, there's some discipline that comes with that. And then we set them free. What does that say about our commitment to their safety? Do we follow up? Do we put them with a mentor? Do we do, we do a, an observation at some later time? As safety people, we think about these things. And, and we wonder if we're really giving our people the best. Are we really giving our people our best motivators? 
And if they're only hearing about safety once a year, and occasionally if something happens, they bring it up, then we're not motivating our people the right way. Um, there's a lot of talk about like Maslow's hierarchy as part of a safety philosophy that first people want food, water, shelter, and then they want to feel safe. And if they don't feel safe, then they're not going to feel like a team. They're not going to feel positivity. They're not going to become uh, self-actuating thinkers. And so safety is that key thing that right below the fact that they have a job, they need to feel safe there. And that once a year safety training, one, does not help with the morale of that we care about you, that we really do want you to be safe. And it also doesn't help them expand themselves to that next level of being a team. If they don't feel safe, they won't become a team. And I love that theory. I uh, sat through some conferences on that. I've read a lot up on it and, and think it's very fair from my experience and from talking to others. It's very true that we, we must help them engage in a safe environment, in a safe culture. And we can't do that alone. There, there's no way we can ever do that alone. As, as, even as a safety team, if you're fortunate enough to lead a team of safety people at whatever organization you're in, then maybe you have a fighting chance of talking. But at the end of the day, they're looking more at the leadership that talks to them every single day. And what are the topics? Are those topics production? Are those topics high quality? Are those topics about cost? Or are those topics about safety? Or are they all of them? Because certainly I'm not advocating that safety be the only thing we talk about. I'm advocating that safety is that key indicator that we engage people at a home and a work at the crossroads. That's where it comes together. Safety is that one thing that matters at home it matters at work all the same because an injury is an injury. Someone who's hurt still has pain. Um, someone who's hurt still has family members that, that, that see that or are affected by that. And so it's our goal always to find ways to better educate, better engage, and better talk to them. So, again, looking back at some of the research I've been doing and working on, it's very interesting that we as safety people first give you the resounding, oh yeah, I feel supported. I feel like we're doing a great job. And then we have to turn around and, and justify every little bit we do in trying to get things right. When really, it's something that's more of a a social and cultural thing that we need to be doing. That social contract we have with our employees to give them the best and safest environment that we possibly can. I want to thank you for joining in on this podcast. Hopefully a lot more to come. I want to keep talking, want to keep engaging, hope to get other people involved, talk about things that are home safety, work safety, cultures, behaviors, engaging people, all of that. So really looking forward to what this podcast is going to bring in 2019. Uh, if you like it, please let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. Certainly critical feedback is always the most helpful because it does help us all get better. So until next time, be safe. And this has been the Safety Dude Podcast.